Hello! Hey there! Welcome, welcome to Advancing the Mission. This is where we keep you informed and up to date on what is happening in local outreach global missions and church multiplication through the lens of County Line Church. I'm Outreach Pastor Chris Kazmarek. I'm Multiplication Pastor Mary Ellen Rail. Awesome, and today we have with us Jodette Ryder, who is the Executive Director of Big Brothers, Big Sisters in this area. And so we just want to start off by just tell us a little bit about Big Brothers and Great Big Sisters and what your role is within the organization. Well, as it would be, today, this morning at 5 a.m., we celebrated our 50th anniversary of serving Northeast Indiana and probably over 25, 30,000 children. But more importantly, I think what people don't realize, and, and we hear this often, that um, our children's lives are forever changed, right? But the big's lives are forever changed. And it's so funny that I, uh, one of my friends from co- uh, college in high school, he is still in contact with his big brother. And when he got married, his big was the best man in his wedding. And when his big got married, you know, he uh, was at the wedding. And it was just a, re- it's a really sweet relationship. So, yeah, we're celebrating 50 years today. And a lot of people already kind of know what Big Brothers Big Sisters is. But it's a program where we recruit and screen and train volunteers that have a passion for helping somebody else. I would tell you if you like sports, if you like coaching, if you like spending time with somebody, if you like relationships, then you can mentor. Um, And then we match them with children um, who need to see the best side of somebody. 80% of our young people are living under $30,000 a year. 40% of those are living under $10,000 a year. When I started at the agency 20 plus years ago, I really felt like if this is the area that I was going to work in, I'm a farm kid, so I didn't want to waste my time. Everything has to be purposeful. Everything has to be, you know, time, energy, money, everything has got to be on point. And so for me, I wanted to look at what is the neediest child and what is the combination of of, of factors facing kids where they're going to be least successful. And by the way, this is what's great about you guys. And how do they find God? Because I was raised on a farm in a very devout Christian home. And our whole life is about how do we get others to Christ? How do we get others to salvation? And so um, when I found this job, I was going to go to law school. And then I got this job for $6.50 an hour. And I'm like, this is what God wants me to do. My parents were very disappointed, by the way. But... Um, <laughs> But I said, you raised me to like love people. So bringing those things together, right? Uh, as I said to you guys earlier, I've always said we're, I always tell my littles, you know, God's building you for a purpose. You are being built for a purpose. We each are designed for something that we're supposed to be doing. And for me, I have six brothers. I understand sports. I understand mentoring. I understand poverty. Um, I understand love, though. I had great parents. Um, and how do we bring this to those that will never get it or don't have access to it? Because a long time ago, a funder said to me, when are these parents going to get it together? When are these parents going to do what they're supposed to do? Why do we always have to step in? And I, I decided, I thought about it, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. Instead, I decided to say, I'm going to put that to the side and I'm going to ask you this. Do you think we have little souls that were placed into these baby bodies, right? And do you really think these babies are saying, I think I want to go be born 
in that family that has three dads, there, there's no money and there's it's cold or in that country, right? We as babies don't get to choose the people around us. Um, but we then get to choose. And I think that's the obligation, right? That's the special obligation of the rest of us is we have this beautiful opportunity. I always laugh because I always tell my dad, because no offense, dad, I would be born to Keith Bussey's family and I'd have been traveling the, the globe, right? So if we all got to choose... But that's the special challenge. You know, that's the special challenge to us to be reminded that we have these gifts and how are we sharing to those? Because that is our obligation. That is part of our quest and calling and part of our living of in this earth is to give to somebody else that needs to see a little bit of that. So for me, you know, doing that was connecting at Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and then really targeting kids as I talked about some of those demographics Targeting those children because there's so many kids that need mentors. But we know children that have a parent incarcerated, 77% likely to go to incarceration themselves. Children in the system, I could go on about studies. So we, I really want to find those kids. I want to break that cycle as much as I can. I want to put them in the, in the path of people of faith. I've got a story to tell you later about how does faith really connect to resiliency um, when we've partnered with programs of faith and we've partnered with Youth for Christ in the past quite a bit when I was at Boys and Girls Club and, and now at Big Brothers. And um, I always tell our board when, when different funders will come in and say, but you're a secular organization, why are you doing that? And I said, well, can't we agree that it's a philosophy as well as a faith? And, and can we agree it's a good philosophy? And that everybody should kind of have this philosophy. Is there anything in that philosophy that you don't like? And they say, no, actually, there's not. I say, okay, great. So for some people, it's their faith. And for some people, it's their philosophy. But there's a lot of studies that show hope is the most, you know, the number one contributing factor. This philosophy espouses hope. And if I can put people who show kids a regular way of life, I'm looking out a window, a regular a cast of vision of something they don't get to see every day with an abundance of hope and a backdrop of faith, then I am more likely to have impact on that child than, than to just provide regular programming. So if I have opportunities to work with churches, you better believe I, so when I saw this call, I'm like, Hey, I'll do that. <laughs> well, that's great. And that was kind of going to be my next question because we understand the good work of big brothers and sisters, and they're not um, on the front label of faith-based mm -hmm. organization, no. but we know you welcome people of faith and you work Absolutely. with other faith-based groups. So can you tell us a little bit more about what big brothers and sisters does with that? Absolutely. So a couple of things that we do, we do have a program called Amachi that was quite large at one point, um, where we match people of faith with children of uh, incarcerated parents. About 25% of our kids have a parent that's currently incarcerated. About 70% of our kids are affected by incarceration by somebody at one point in their life. Um, so there's a couple of different ways we like to partner with people. One, we love to partner with churches that can go to scale at a local school or can go to scale with kids in their, in their area. Um, so, it, and when I say scale, I mean 10 matches. If we can get 10 people from your parish, I call it parish congregation to, um, be mentors, then we would say, uh, one, cause not everybody, it's not the right time in your life. You don't have the, you know, it's just not the perfect fit. Um, so we get 10, we match them up. And then when you guys all have events at your church, when you have cookouts, fish fries, 
um, we say, hey, let the bigs and the littles do that. Because we believe it provides an opportunity for mission work and mission in the mission field of the families. Mm -hmm. Because many of our kids' families don't care if their child develops faith and even wants it for them, but doesn't want to or doesn't feel accepted to do it themselves. And I, and I just want to tell you this real quick, because I tell this story a lot. My first little called me in her 20s and said, um, hey, I want to I wanna join the church. I, I noticed that people, and she was foster care, homeless shelters, one of the worst children situations. So in her early 20s, she said, you know, everybody is positive and everybody in my personal life is negative and they tear you down and there's always drama and stress. But when I'm always around you and the people at work, she said, you hire a bunch of Christians, which, you know, you hire people, you know, you're, you know, it's how you work. And she said, everybody's so positive and they build you up and they don't judge you for your past. And they say, how can you do better next time? And there's forgiveness. And I want to be more around that. And she had had a baby and she said, I want my child to be around that. And so it was Ash Wednesday because I have a little ashes on my head. And she says, well, how do I go Sunday? And I, I see your face, right? You're like, what? How do I go? And she said, how do I go? I said, well, you live, I'll pick you up, but you live out here and, and I want to find you. I don't care if it's a black church. I don't care if it's a white church. I don't care if it's Catholic. I don't care what kind of church. I want you to find God. And um, she just said, I don't know how to sign up. And I kept, we did this for a minute because it's so foreign to me because I was raised in the face. And she said, well, I mean, do I need a ticket? Do I call, is there a signed seating? Hmm. Do I have to ask for somebody and they tell me where to sit? And I thought to myself, I've heard it all in my 50 years of working in this world, in this industry, and I'd never heard that. And it taught me to continue to listen to, we never know what's keeping somebody from finding a faith. It might be their shame. It might be the embarrassment. And sometimes they just feel awkward and don't know how. And so this is that opportunity where if we can connect people to these families and to these children and just have, hey, come, we're having this family picnic day and there's going to be a little service and seeing people that are, uh, you know, we're all dysfunctional. We're all sinners, but seeing how we can come together and buoy people up. And that's, what's interesting is um, when we have these partnerships, it's fun to see the families kind of get involved in that church community. My first little, by the way, now goes to St. Charles and has pulled her kids, saved her money, got them all Catholic. They're turned Catholic. And now they go to a private school because she just made the decision, I can't do this part-time. And she didn't tell me. She said, I didn't want you to think, just in case I changed my mind or I didn't have the responsibility to follow through. <laughs> she said, I just wanted to do this on my own. And I thought, that's awesome, you know, because our little kids watch us every day. And so when you connect a child with somebody of faith, all that collateral impact is important. The other thing I'll tell you, every person doesn't have to be a big. The way our church, your church community can support us is you can pray for our bigs. If You can pray for all of our bigs, by the way. I had one church where I said, hey, if you could just give me five or ten people and the rest of your people, if I just put their names on an envelope on your, you know, and you guys pray um, about their needs, whatever they are, because I believe prayer works, intentional prayer for these ten people. I believe it works. And it can have an impact. I think uh, sending Christmas cards or during 
Christian feasts, sending cards to the bigs, saying thank you for serving the Lord through your time with this child. Because all of our volunteers need to be inspired and re-inspired because it can, there, there are times where it's not great, right? There are times where you see something with the family that makes you sad. So there's so many different ways a church community can support the bigs, support the families, and, so, and just pray for those uh, volunteers in our agency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you maybe have a success story that that you can share about somebody's life that's been changed through Big Brothers Big Sisters? Honestly, I have so many, but <laughs> I will tell you I will tell you one that um because I have such complicated long stories. <laughs> I will tell you one that um we had a little brother who his biological brothers um you know, his family was in a tough situation, didn't really know a positive male role model. He he got a big brother who was a man of God. That um, little brother grows up then to influence another one of his friends at Southside uh, to find God at the break room at Target. Uh, and that young man is now a pastor. He quit his job at Target. He joined the ministry, um, became a pastor. And then um, Arthur, you may know Arthur, I don't know. He's on the board of Youth for Christ. Now he is a pastor. He's the head chaplain of Huntington University. He's the former little brother, and he's on the Youth for Christ board. He just received an award, and that's that little brother. Oh, um, I had class with Arthur at Huntington. Yes, Arthur is Clifford's little brother. I've known Arthur. He was just, this is how old I am. He was just getting out of the program uh, when I was taking over as CEO, oh, cool. um, he, he was aging out. But isn't that a great story? Mm-hmm. He helped start prime time. And that's the thing is, you know, my own little sister fighting her faith, which I never knew. I never pressured her. I took her to things. But I believe, I believe. So my brother's in a praise and worship band. And I think God uses each each of us in different ways. And my friends at Youth for Christ have said, you should come work here, you know, over the years. And they said, you know what, I'm really getting people that are low to be open. And then I can get them to somebody who's going to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And each of us have our gift. My brother is a steward of believers in his praise and worship band. You know, I'm more patient and I can look past a lot of the yucky stuff mm-hmm. just so somebody can get to the point where then they can be exposed to Christ's love. So that's what I like to think we do at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, we we will definitely put some ways for people to be involved and in, we'll link some of that below and we'll maybe I think we might be even be able to link a uh, story of of a couple more stories as well. Yeah. We'll definitely put that I would love that in those notes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for It was great to meet with for you for joining today. us. Thank you for Thanks. Um, yeah, just for for sharing about Big Brothers Big Sisters, I, I learned I learned a lot yes. today. So yeah, I hope yeah. a lot of county liners will consider yes. um, doing something like that. And we have people from many different communities, but maybe in one school area we can get yeah. a group together. That would be awesome. Absolutely, it'd be great. Oh yeah, it'd be fun. So thank you so much. I really, ah, really appreciate thank it. You. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.